the DeSoto County campus, the fun church in Horn Lake, Mississippi. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. We're going to step right into what God has for us tonight because it's going to be good. We've been in this series entitled Soul Winners. And this is kind of like the, the one we've been building up to, the message that, that I've been longing to get to. And then you're going to love it. And God's going to do great things in your life if you'll let him. If you'll be courageous. Anybody courageous out there? Anybody feel a compulsion to just serve Jesus and to do what, what he asks you to do and please him? Don't you love him? Well, let's just, let's just worship him for another moment here. Lord, we just praise you. Lord, we, we glorify you. We just think about you all the time. How good you've been to us. How you set our feet on a solid rock and pulled us up out of that miry pit that we had made for ourselves. We just glorify you, Lord, that you meet all our needs according to your riches and glory. You fill our heart with joy and power and strength in our life, Lord. We got wisdom to make right decisions. You're just showing us how to live more abundantly. It's all here. You've you've placed it in us. It's called our salvation package. Because you were resurrected, we are resurrected. Lord, we're resurrected to do good works, to do good things, to to tell people about you. We're, We're here for two reasons, to love you and to love others. And Lord, we just want to do good at it so we can please our Father. Lord, anoint me to say what I need to say. Anoint others to say what they need to say. Anoint them children's church teachers to teach them children and love them well back there. We just pray for your spirit to be here right now with us and back there with them as well. And we just pray for everybody to get what they came to get, what you want for them to get. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, Isaiah 52, verse 7. It says, How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news. How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news up on the mountains. How's your feet looking? If you took your shoes off, could we say they're beautiful feet? (laughs) We might say, whoo, put them shoes back on. Hopefully not. Hopefully they're, they're beautiful feet because they're ready to climb any mountain to tell people the good news. And that's what we've been talking about. When I first got saved, I was going to this church. We was in a different building at the time. It was, had a, it was a pretty big church at the time. Three or four hundred people was coming regular. And, and that first Christmas, they had a Christmas play that they were going to put on. And they were asking for volunteers. Well, I just got saved. They could ask me for volunteers to to do a voluntary root canal, I'd have said yes, it didn't matter. I was just so in love with Jesus, I wanted to do everything that he wanted me to do. And I still kind of feel like that. But anyway, we had this first little practice and get together, they put some of the singers together, had a little choir that was going to sing throughout the program and stuff, and I was one of them. And at the end of the 
the first practice, the choir director says, do we have any volunteers for somebody to sing the big solo at the end of the, pro the uh, production? And I looked around and I knew it wasn't me because I can barely sing, you know. I didn't even feel like I was qualified to be in the choir, much less sing the solo. But I'm looking around and nobody, everybody's like this, you know. And see, I was a new Christian. I hadn't learned the phrase, I don't feel led yet. And, <laughs> and I ain't learned the phrase, I need to go pray about it first, you know. And I had never had suffered my first burnout either. But uh, <clears throat> So I, I said, I'll do it. And I could hear some heavy sighs, you know, because they didn't get picked. Or maybe... It was because I was going to do it, and they was going to have to listen to me sing. I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, so they gave me this CD, and they said, here's the song. And guess what song it was? Go Tell It On The Mountain. Y'all know that one. Go tell it on the mountains, over the hills and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. But somewhere in that song, I didn't know all the verses, but I had to learn it. And somewhere in there towards the end, the big climax, it hits this high, high note. I mean, it, it just builds up, and you're supposed to really nail it. But the problem is, is every time I got to that part practicing, I sound like a dying seagull. And my, my throat wouldn't go that high. I hitched up my pants as high as I could, and I couldn't make myself hit that note. And I didn't know what to do. So I went to the choir director a couple, about a week after practicing it. And I said, I told him straight up, I can't hit that note. I don't know what to do. He says, here's what you do. When you get to that part, go as high as you can and then break it down low. And just go in a lower range. So I tried it and I was like, uh, uh, I was like, wow, that's kind of anticlimactic. Climatic, climatic, what is the word? Close enough? Climatic. I, you build them up and you bring them down. That's, a, that's what we want to leave. We want to leave on a low note, you know. No, nobody wants to leave on a low note. And I was a little discouraged, but I didn't know what to do, so I worked it up where I'd go low, you know. The night of the program came. Now, this was, this was big-time production. We spent upwards of $300 on this program. <laughs> you know, church program. And uh, I got all gussied up in my Sunday go-to-meeting clothes, and we all our choir showed up, and, and the program started. We hit with our first number, you know. It was a little off-key. We really wasn't all that good. And, but as the night went on, uh, we started to find our groove. You know, we started getting comfortable in our singing because by now we had run most of the folks off, and it, we wasn't so embarrassed to be <laughs> singing in front of <laughs> but, but, but by the time we got to that last number that I was supposed to sing, I started singing. And I'm telling you, have you ever had the anointing hit you? I started singing. I was like, is this my voice coming out? I started to look behind the curtain to see if they had Jim Neighbors back there and gave me a dummy mic. Golly! And I... <clears throat> I was singing, and through the song, I started building confidence. And I felt like the Holy Spirit was like nudging me. Won't you go for that high note? I'm like, no. <laughs> but what if I go and I sound like a, a dying seagull in front of all these people? But 
I'm telling you, that anointing, that anointing will carry you. And it was carrying me. And by the time I got there, guess what I did? I'm going to tell you right now. I went for it. I not only nailed it, I hit it strong with power. I was rattling the stained glass windows in the place. And I'm telling you, I, I didn't just hit it. I was wiggling it around like Mariah Carey on helium, boy. I was put some Swahili in it or something. I don't know what I was doing, but I was I was glad to be there. And I'm telling you tonight, you got to learn to go for it. You got to trust the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And the same way is with evangelism. We're all sitting around, hope somebody else volunteers. We're all, well, I don't feel led. It don't matter if you feel led, you've been called. We all feel inadequate. Very few people are volunteering, but our love for Jesus should compel us. If he asks us, we should go. So what did I do? I practiced on my craft. They gave me a CD and I started practicing. What do you think you've been doing the last few weeks? You've been coming in here on a Wednesday night. You've been learning how to witness. You're practicing your craft. You're practicing becoming who God called you to be. And so when the time came, and when the time comes for you to witness, when the time comes and you see an opening door and the Holy Spirit saying, hit that high note with that person that you've been wanting to witness to but never had the courage to, then you're going to realize that that's the Holy Spirit. And if the, if the Holy Spirit equips you to do, uh, calls you something, He will equip you to do it. I didn't within me have that high note. But me and the Holy Spirit was like Mariah Carey. <clears throat> Without risk, there's no reward. We got to go tell it on the mountain. Right? We just got to. Before they fly away. <laughs> exactly. But they'll be flying <laughs> if we don't tell them. You know why we're still here after we get saved? So we can go tell it on the mountain? Because somebody's got to tell. God couldn't just zap us up and then leave them with nobody to tell them. How can they hear without a preacher? You're left here for that very cause that you will, will gain the courage to let the Holy Spirit lead you to tell somebody. And the whole reason that the Bible is teaching us how to live as Christians is so that you can keep your witness intact so that you can have the integrity that somebody will listen to. How are you going to tell somebody about the goodness of Jesus when they say, well, you, oh man, I ain't listening to nothing you say. 2 Timothy 2.1 says, Timothy, my dear son, be strong through the grace that God gives you in Christ Jesus. Hit that high note. Go for it. Be strong. He's given you grace. You have heard me teach these things that have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses. 
Now teach these truths to other <coughs> trustworthy people who will be able to pass them on to others. See, that's how the world gets changed. One life at a time. You go tell somebody, they go tell somebody, they go tell somebody. We don't do it at the ballot box. Do you know that there ain't a politician alive that can change this world? This world is sin-filled, and it's going to be sin-filled, and it's going to get darker before it, it gets better. Before the end, the world is getting darker. And if you, you know, legislate some things, it might help a, a little bit, but it ain't going to change the fact that they're either saved or they're not. And our responsibility, you know, the ambassadors for Christ are the ones that's going to make a difference in this world. The ones who will stand up and tell it on the mountain. Endure suffering along with me as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Look, you're the one enlisted. Be a good soldier. Now every encounter, when you, when you get an opportunity to witness to somebody, it's going to be different, isn't it? You're going to knock on a door, and you're not going to know what's on the other side of that door. But you know what you do? You read the situation, you adapt, and you overcome like a Marine. And you listen to your commander, the Holy Spirit. So when we teach about witnessing, we're just teaching about following the Holy Spirit and having the courage to tell it. Every situation is going to be different. And I want to tell you something else. Turn to 1 Corinthians 3, 6. This is Apostle Paul talking about the witnessing he had done. I planted the seeds in your heart, and Apollos watered it, but it was God who made it grow. I'm going to tell you something important about witnessing right now, if you're listening. Paul planted, Apollos watered, but it was God who gives the increase. We water and plant, but we can't make it grow. Even in the natural, you can take a seed and you can plant it in the ground and you can water it, but it's not you making it grow. So take that pressure off. The results are not on you. But the planting and the watering, that's our job. Helping you? Okay. It's not important who does the planting or who does the watering. But they got to get done. What's important is that God makes the seed grow. So get, give all the glory to God. The one who plants and the one who waters work together with the same purpose. And both will be rewarded for their hard work. There's rewards that come along with this. This is what God is interested in. This is what gets him all fired up. And if you get God fired up and on your team, you better watch out. But see... Our job is just to plant and water. You don't know which one you're going to do. When you knock on that door or when you, when you engage somebody, you don't know what they need. You don't know if the, the seed is already in them, that you just need to water it. I used to go witnessing door to door, and, and if I'd come back in the afternoon when we got through, and I hadn't led somebody through the sinner's prayer, I hadn't closed the deal, so to speak, I'd feel like, man, that was a wasted day. How wrong? We need to see it as 
if I planted the seed into somebody, if I said something that that's gonna, is gonna that God can use later, or if somebody's already thinking about Jesus and I just watered the seed a little bit, prayed for uh, somebody who needed healing, encouraged a believer at this door, whatever. I'm going around planting and watering. It's not my responsibility who gets saved or who don't, but it's my responsibility to plant and to water. So when you take that, some of us are scared, because what if I get them there and I don't know how to close the deal? Or How about we just relax and the Holy Spirit will lead us through it all. And we just, we just, what we have to have is the eyes. We need the eyes of Jesus. That's what you need to pray. God, give me your eyes. And when, when He gives you His eyes, then when you go to Walmart and you see somebody carrying a heavy load, you don't just say, get out the way, man. I got to get, I got to get home. You say, hey, can I, can I help you? You need some help with that? You see somebody looks more tired and weary than you, say, won't won't you go ahead? You know, I'm not in a hurry, won't you? And then open a conversation. Everything going all right? Do we have to be weird and wacky? And Okay, here's my six points. Jesus is part of the Trinity, and and in 4th Corinthians 17.35, no, won't we just be real people who care about other people We'll get to the Scriptures when the Holy Spirit gets us there. And we, we plant, we water, we care about people enough to we're seeing folks. And, and I can tell you, even as a pastor, I can go weeks at a time when I'm in my own mode, in my own zone, I don't see nobody except the ones who come to me. But you have to intentionally, when you walk in this world, when, when you go out into the... KFC that I just left from, you got to say, God, give me eyes to see these folks. And the love of God will compel you from there to just take little steps. And little steps are the ways to get into people's hearts. They want to see somebody that's real, somebody that just cares enough to say, how you doing? How's your day? Can I buy you a chicken wing? Something, you know, you need a pot pie? What do you need? A just little ways you're planting and you're watering and and you know now I'm not saying there ain't a time that we don't begin to funnel them towards the gospel but you got to get the door open first are you getting what I'm saying and you just take a step and you get that door open and then you begin to tell them about Jesus we must have the eyes of Christ and have, look for every opportunity to tell it now when we have a Dare to Share 101 class, which is what we have every fifth Sunday now, it's an hour-long class, and we have two witnessing professionals that I call in special for the Dare to Share 101 class that teach most of that class. And uh, they just both happen to go to this church. And so I have called them in tonight. So the professionals are here with us. And there's probably a lot more professionals that I can see out there that already know this stuff. But I'm going to call Mr. Tom Gullick up. Y'all give him a round of applause. He's been, he's been at every outreach that, uh, that I know of since I've been going to this church. And he was one of the people who taught me how to witness 
And so, y'all listen to what the Holy Spirit will say through this man. Thank you, Pastor Guy. Good evening, everybody. How you doing? <clears throat> if you would, Thirsty, put up there Romans, the first chapter, the 16th verse. Yeah, you're fine, Pastor Guy. When I was asking the Lord, what should I share tonight? This is what he put on my heart. Romans 1, 16, it says, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it's the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. So the apostle Paul was not ashamed of the Lord Jesus Christ. And... I heard this um, this testimony of this lady one time, and she was uh, Jewish, and she was born in a very strict Jewish family. And the first time she ever heard some uh, kids witnessing to her at school, she went home and asked her mother about Jesus, and her mother slapped her across the face and said, don't you ever mention that name in this home again. He's a traitor. Well, she never did mention it again, but she went through a life of, it was bad. The drugs, the divorces, the you name it, the alcohol, she went through it. And finally, later on in life, she got saved. And after she got saved, I don't remember how the conversation started with her pastor, but she went to her pastor and started talking to him. And he looked at her and he says, it sounds to me like you're ashamed of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so when he said that to her, she wrote every one of her family members, I believe there were 70 in her family, and she wrote every one of her family members and shared about her relationship and her faith in Christ. And she, they never would have anything to do with her again. Matter of fact, one of her favorite aunts died, and they notified her, it would be good if you don't come to this funeral. Well, she, she didn't go. She never heard from them again. But she grew up to be a strong believer in Christ and, and a witness uh, for Christ. Now, when the Apostle Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, you know, there's no reason um, to be afraid of rejection or fear to let fear come upon you because he's not giving any believer the spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. And, you know, I remember when I first got saved and I started telling people about Jesus, nobody made me do it. I wanted to tell people what happened to me. And um, I remember going to some people that was uh, educated, had, had high degrees that I knew in the world, and they would look at me and they'd say, how you get so smart? I wasn't smart. I just knew something they didn't know. You see, you can't be ashamed of the gospel of Christ. And if you witness to somebody that's not saved, you know more than they know. And you don't have to know everything to witness to somebody. If you're saved, you know enough to share with somebody and witness to them. You know what it says in Acts 1 and 8, you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost come upon you to be a witness. See, we're here. Pastor Guy, when he was praying, he made it real clear. Well, if you're saved, what are you here for? 
you're here to tell people about the Lord Jesus Christ. And there's no reason to be ashamed and have any fear. You don't have to know everything to witness to somebody. You know, the Holy Ghost. He'll give you what you need to say, whoever you need to say it from, too. When I first got saved, I, I didn't know exactly how to be led of the Holy Ghost, so I would, you know, I would jump in on everything. But after I started learning the ho Holy Ghost and know how to, like Pastor Guy was talking, how to work with people, I start, I start talking to people, and the Holy Ghost will let me know real quick whether there's a door there or not. And see, I'll get them talking. They'll tell me, they'll tell me where I where I need to go. And there's been many times, you know, that I've got to plant just a little bit, and the Holy Ghost would say, "Okay, just that's enough. It's time to move on." So I do, you know, I give them what they need. But there are other doors they get knocked wide open, and I go right through them. I jump on it, you know. And I'm not concerned whether that person gets saved or not. I wish they all would, but hey, as long as I'm able to speak. Like Pastor Guy says, one plants, one water, God gives the increase. No man can come to the Father except the Spirit draw him. You deal with him. When it's time, the Holy Spirit will draw him to the Father. He'll draw him, he'll draw him to repentance. But you know, I heard this pastor say this one time, and he pastors a mega church. He says, if you want to clear your church out, you talk about witnessing in prayer. And he said, people don't show up. Why? Because the most important thing we can do is pray and, and be a witness here on this earth. He said He said this. He said, go. Go. One thing I can tell you about this church, it may not be big in size, but it's a going church. It's a going church. You know, I mean, I don't know of any area that we don't cover, you know, uh, everything. Every every uh, type of person this church goes after and, and covers. And any church that does that, God's going to bless that church. God's going to prosper that church. There's no way that church will ever fail or go under because we're a going church. But I just want to encourage you, don't be ashamed. He said this. He said, if you're ashamed of me and my words, when he comes back, he'll be ashamed of you. And I don't know about you, but if it wasn't for him, it wouldn't be anything. I have. I remember the first time I waited for the time, and I hadn't been saved that long. But when the Holy Spirit said, go see my father, I went to go see him. I'm not going to say that my knees wasn't knocking, but I went. I went to my father, and I shared with him what had happened in my life because he was lost. You know, you say, did he get saved? No, but I shared. I planted. You know, it don't make no difference where he sends me now. Wherever he tells me to go, I'll go because that's what I'm here for. If I'm not sharing my faith, if I'm not being a witness here, two commandments, to go in all the world and preach the gospel, and the other one is to love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And to be honest with you, if you love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, you'll be a witness. That's all I got. I told you there'd be some wise words, but we, we've saved the, the most wise. No, just kidding. <laughs> we've saved old Nicholas. Come on up, Nicholas Mitchell. Oh, will you put Luke eighteen twenty nine up there for me? 
So I want to say something about what Brother Tom just said and something about what Brother Guy just said. Luke 18, 29. Yes, Jesus replied, and I assure you that everyone who has given up house or wife or brothers or parents or even children for the sake of the kingdom of God and 30 will be repaid many times over in this life, many times over in this life, and will have eternal life in the world to come. So Brother Tom just shared a story about a woman not being ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ and being willing to tell people, even if she lost her family for it, even if she lost her job for it, her home, it didn't matter. She was willing to give it up to tell people about Jesus. So I want you all to know that you will be rewarded for whatever sacrifice you make. This morning, I saw a poster with President Barack Obama and LeBron James and other athletes and other actors, and the caption was, successful people sing, okay? All these people, they're, they're famous for something else, but they also sing. Well, if successful people sing, then saved people witness, all right? Brother Guy was giving us a story about how he was singing, and he didn't even feel like he was equipped to do it. Well, the same way we have to witness, and we don't even feel like we are equipped to witness. Y'all want to know how to be equipped to witness? Get ready. I'm going to tell you the secret. This is how you get equipped to witness. You pray, you read your Bible, you brush your teeth. That's how you do it. In that order. In that order, because you want your breath to be fresh when you leave the house to go tell people about Jesus. So first you pray. You wake up in the morning. You read your Bible, brush your teeth, comb your hair. Then I want you to do something really weird. You never do. Then you're going to go to work. All right? When you get to work, you just find yourself in your daily routine. It's a day, man, you might not even want to be at work. In fact, there was a day I didn't even want to be at work. I want to be somewhere else. There was this crazy, wild church service revival going on. I knew my Holy Spirit was going to be doing stuff in people's lives, and I was supposed to be there, but I had to work. I did everything. I called everybody. I called Rebecca. I called everybody I could to try to cover for me. I couldn't get off. So I'm there, and I'm putting up the new sale signs in the aisleway, and this man right here comes walking in, Josh Smith. I'm like, man, I don't even want to be here right now. I do not want to be here, but I believe that, you know, God's got a plan. And Josh probably said something to me like, yeah, I believe God's had a plan for my life all along, you know. And from that, from me being somewhere, just being at work, being willing to talk about God when I'm at work, when I was in a bad mood, I didn't want to be there. And me and Josh end up exchanging numbers, become friends. Three years later, we go to the same church. We serve Christ together. We witness together. How many times me and you gone door to door together or gone to Walmart together? and told people about Jesus. Just because you're willing to do it, you're willing to let your light shine no matter what. So if you're saved and you're not witnessing to people, one of two things is going on. Because it says in Acts 1-8 that you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You'll be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere, even to the ends of the earth. So I would argue that if you're not witnessing to people, either maybe you're not filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm not saying you're not. I'm just saying there's one possibility. Because when you're filled with that Holy Spirit, you got the power to go witness to people. All right? Or you're just scared. And, you're just, and that's okay if you're scared. A lot of people are scared of a lot of things. But we don't have to be afraid of anything except God. Because Tom just showed you, like, like what's the worst thing that could happen? Yeah, strangers are going to reject you. So what? But what if your family rejects you, right? So let's just say that happens. 
which I know, I mean, to you guys, you already sit here in church. Your family knows you're saved, right? I hope your family knows you're saved. Even if that happens, God says you're going to be rewarded for it. So don't let anything hold you back. Don't let anything stop you from shining. But see, and some of you, that statement, you're like, hmm, that was a harsh witness. You're saying I'm scared or I'm not filled with the Holy Spirit because I don't witness. No, that's not what I'm saying. I believe that probably all of you in here witness because there's more than one way to witness. There's more than one way. I just had a grown man throw a basketball at my face outside, and I was witnessing, okay? Not only were we out there with the church teenagers, but we had grown men from that boxing gym out there playing basketball with us. I wasn't out there preaching. I didn't tell them I'm a pastor. I'm in here preaching right now. I said, all right, bye, bye guys. Good game. I had to go. But when the dude missed his shot, and he said, oh, ish. Oh, I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. And, you know, he cursed. He said the S word. And... He's like apologizing, and I didn't say anything to him. I'm like, you're good, man. You're good, you know? Just me being there, just living for Christ is your witness. He knew that I love Jesus, and I don't curse, and he never heard me curse. And he let it slip in front of me and in front of the little kid, and he apologized, okay? He apologized for it. So just you living is showing. Look, we're not smothering these people with the gospel, right? But I've invited all those guys to come in here with at least 10 times. I've invited them to come in. And the little boy there, he always hangs out with the youth group. So we're being a light. We're shining that light. There's many ways to do it. If you invited somebody to church, you witness to them. You invite them to church, they hear Pastor Guy preach, they receive the gospel. That's a witness. You hand somebody a track, that's a witness. You hand somebody a Bible, that's a witness. There are so many things you do that is witnessing. There's so many things. So you don't, you don't have to feel like you just have to walk up to say, do you know Jesus? You don't have to do that. Yes, yes, some people do that, and that works, okay? But, like, that looks kind of creepy, right? And you might think, you might, that's weird. Some people don't, I think it's weird if someone comes knock on my door, open the door, looks at me, right? Tries, people don't like the invasion of, people think that's weird. That's okay. You don't have to do that. There's things you can do that are much less intimidating, all right? There's so many things you can do that are just low pressure on you. And one of those things is sidewalk stories. The end of this month, we're starting sidewalk stories on Thursday nights. And like Pastor says, the qualifications is, can you read or can you pull a wagon? And honestly, the qualifications are even lower than that. If you can't read or pull a wagon, you can still come hang out with us. You can still come walk. If you can't walk, you can come pull up a lawn chair and just sit there next to the wagon with us. There's really no qualifications. If you love Jesus, you can come. But see, there's so many ways to do this. We're just out there loving people. We're just reading books to these kids and giving them books. We're not out there necessarily, yeah, we'd love for them to come to church, and even more, we'd love for them to get saved, right? But we're not out there with that as the primary goal. We are loving people. That's what we're doing. That's what witnessing is, is loving people. Because when they see God's love through you, they're going to want it. But see, you can't use that as an excuse to never use the name of Jesus. Because if you're doing a good deed without using the name of Jesus, you're just another nice person. There's tons of nice people in this world that do good stuff. But you got to throw that name Jesus out there so they know why you're being so nice and why you got this love inside of you. So I encourage y'all, come to Sidewalk Stories if you've never witnessed or maybe if you just want to witness more, one more practice. I'm telling you, the reason that I'm so good at now is from going to these things with Guy and with Tom because you learn so much from it. You learn so much from walking with these people that do this every day. And you can honestly, there's no pressure on you. You can just come and watch. 
I would love for everybody to just come and watch Brother Tom talk to somebody. Come and watch Pastor Guy talk to somebody. When you see them do it, you realize it's just a normal conversation. It's just normal people. And there's no pressure. You don't have to have the verses memorized, nothing. You just simply read to people, love on them, invite them to church, tell them why you're so happy and why you're so nice. It's because Jesus loves you, all right? Jesus, I just pray that you give all of us courage and strength, Lord. I thank you that we do not let fear hold us back, and we step into that light, Lord, and we let our light shine to everybody that we come in contact with, would see you through us because we're presenting you to them through our actions and through our words, not just one or the other. To please don't let me speak your word and your name and not live it out and let people see it through what I do. And please don't let me do good stuff and be too afraid to say your name that I'm going to get rejected, Dad. I thank you that your love is in all these people and that they love you so much that we just have to share it. We can't keep it to ourselves that we got to go tell everybody about it. Thank you for your love and for your peace and for giving everybody in here wisdom and knowledge. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, sidewalk stories, uh, we started that last year. And I was a little hesitant. I was like, we're not, a, you know, we're not out there just to get kids to read or whatever, you know. What, what, what's, what is, where's the beef? Where's the beef? But I didn't realize that there's any numerous amount of ways to open a door for a conversation. And that's all it is. We pull wagons full of books and, they, and it gets the kids all excited. They all start flocking around. And so necessarily their parents come with them. And so there's not only an opportunity to, to read to little children, let them get a book, get them excited, and then, you know, share the gospel with the little kids. But there's also plenty of parents that come and check out, what are y'all doing? You know, what y'all got going on? Oh, we're with this church. You got a good church home? You know, you invite them to the church. You know, open the conversation. They get to telling you about their past history. Next thing you know, you say, uh, so when did you get saved? What's saved? I don't know what saved is. You never asked Jesus to be the Lord of your life? You know, that's what the Bible tells us to do. You know, so so you start conversations. And it's it's such a beautiful way because you, you're there to, to love on the children and you got an open door and people welcome you there. And they're glad. You know, we go to a pretty rough neighborhood and they welcome us there. They want us to be there. So we got a, we got an open door to speak to everybody there. And so if if you've never witnessed before, and you want to you want an entry level way to just go and observe, pull a wagon. You don't have to say nothing the first time until you feel confident. But what if everybody just just the people in here? I think a lot of you have already signed up. There's a sign up sheet in the back. But if we just had all of these people, and we all went, then that would probably double the size of what we've been using. And and last year it was just phenomenal the amount of life we reached and touched through this ministry. So. That would be a good starting place for us to put into practice the things we've been learning in the last five weeks. Thanks for listening to the podcast today. We hope you enjoyed it and that it inspires you to live out God's Word. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church.